This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Christopher uh, came to us full of wisdom, uh, just Jesus-loving, spirit-filled. I mean, I just couldn't ask for a better... Uh, family to come and be a part of our fellowship and, and j- jumped right in and leadership and has been an elder uh, forever. And then we had to rotate him out. And um, by God's grace, we survived that year, Christopher. And uh, so we, we changed the, the constitution so we can uh, bring him right back in. Um, because that's the kind of guy that he is. Uh, a couple things that I've shared in the past, but there was a time when we were looking for a facility. Our old place was on Hayden Road. We sold the property. We had our mind on Chapel Drive Church, and uh, that fell through, and then I started looking. I looked at the Silver Slipper building. Uh, You know, thank God we didn't get that place. Then I looked down on South Monroe, which was, now it's Proof, uh, the brewery, but um, I really wanted that place, and and Christopher, and I believe God was speaking to him, told him, uh, you know, it's in a flood zone. And I'm like, well, Cascade just got built. And he goes, it's still in a flood zone. And, and uh, I learned to just trust our elders. And uh, so I said, all right. And it turns out a really good thing because we would have had to spend like $200,000 to clean up. There was a chemical mess in the, in the soil. And so anything else would come in there, we'd have to clean that up first. So Uh, He saved us uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But he told us about this place, and I'm like, ah, this is out of our our league. It's out of our, you know, financial zone. And and he said, let's just pray. So we prayed, and and here we are seven years later. I believe God speaks to uh, people. He speaks to our elders and through our elders, and and Christopher is no different. Dr. Heidi uh, is just a power behind the the elder, but she brings a wealth of a spiritual insight. Uh, if you ever need spiritual insight, um, you know, try to reach out to Dr. Heidi. Anyway, Dr. Christopher, come on up. We're going to ask him to come and share. Let's give him a nice hand. Oh, nothing like pressure. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, it's an honor. Um, it's kind of funny when I hear words like that. One thing I'm reminded of, and part of what you'll keep hearing throughout this message this morning is the importance of the grace of God and the fact that everything that we do, everything we say, everything he uh, desires that we accomplish, it's only done uh, by him and through him. Um, so let's just pray. Father, thank you for this morning, for your word We thank you that your word is powerful, that there is so much that we can learn and grow when we trust you, when we abide with you. And uh, just speak to our hearts, those things that we need to hear today. Um, Many of the things we hear today, I just confess, they're things that um, they're not in my sweet spot. They're not my natural place. And yet, O Lord, um, you have us all to grow in wisdom and knowledge of you and the ability to accomplish the tasks that you have before us. So we rely and we depend upon you. And it's for the glory of your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 
So last week, um, Ross started out with Luke 10:27, and the very last line of that verse speaks about loving your neighbor as yourself. Um, so a couple of things. Um, community is what we're talking about today. And um, most of all, I want you to think back to song two that we sang today about Jaira. And remember that in light of everything we're going to talk about, that he is enough, he provides for the lilies, he provides for the sparrows, you know that he provides for you. And um, so I was thinking through, there are so many different ways you can talk about community. I was like, well, okay, there's already been a lot of books written about these kinds of topics, so I don't really necessarily want to cover that again. So I was like, well, Lord, what do you want to say? What does your word say? So um, race with me a little bit through some scripture at the beginning, and then we'll get to a part where there's actually some application, and then we'll see where God goes from there. So, um, so love your neighbor as yourself. Um, so who is your neighbor? That's kind of the part one. The world says that we're supposed to love ourselves, but what does Jesus tell us? So we're going to explore that a bit. So in John 12, 24 through 26, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Okay. So, hate your life. Serve Jesus. Follow Jesus. Be where he is. If anyone serves Jesus, the Father will honor him. That's pretty cool. Sounds straightforward. Then there's the follow-through. So an important part here is the identity of love is found in the love of God and not the love of self. And so this is a really important point when we think about community, is it's really not about me. Um, was Jesus all about him? Absolutely not. And if he's to be our example, then our example has to be one of sacrifice. So if this guiding principle is serving and following Jesus and being where he is, Okay, how do I do that? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> how do we all do that? Um, remember, by the grace of God, the fact that he provides, we talked about Jaira. Again, keep that theme in your mind the whole time we're talking this morning. So we're going back to one of my favorite passages in the Bible, John, four, uh, sorry, John 15. Well, I like most of John, but that's a whole other story. Um, so John 15, verse 4 and 5, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. <laughs> That's supposed to be an encouraging word. <laughs> and then continuing into verses 12 through 14. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Okay, 
So Jesus is giving us some really clear instruction on what it is that we're supposed to do as far as abiding in him. We can't do anything apart from him. And we don't know it at the time when we're reading John in the sense that um, the disciples didn't know the end of the story at that point. But Jesus literally laid down his life for his friends. I mean, like, completely. Not just, hey, can I help you? But, hey, I'm going to die so that you actually can have life and you can have it abundantly. So let's go again to John 13 now. And in verses 34 and 35, again, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Okay, it's kind of the same theme, but we keep getting back to this concept of, you know, people are going to know who we are and know, well, in the end, it's really who Jesus is because of how we love one another. <clears throat> so a theme that we see in John is about bearing fruit, and that's specifically from John 15, but disciples bear fruit. Discipleship is how Jesus imparted the wisdom of the Father to his disciples. So we should do likewise. So if you think about discipleship, it's really about a transfer of wisdom. It's not a transfer of my wisdom or Heidi's wisdom or Pastor Mario's wisdom. It's what are those things that God has deposited into us by his grace, by his abundance, that we have, uh, I would pray, the humility to receive and then to be able to give freely as we have been given too freely. All right. So any questions? Is that pretty clear so far? Fantastic. Okay. Pause. So does Jesus say we only love our friends and our Christian community? No, I'm so glad you all said that. <clears throat> okay, so we go to another one of my favorite passages, which is the Sermon on the Mount. <clears throat> this gets a little more tough. So Matthew 5, 43 to 48 you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. No pressure. Again, what did we talk about? Relying on his grace. Relying on him to accomplish it. Our role is to abide. Our role is to be a branch and a fruitful one. And the, it's, again, you'll probably hear this from me the rest of my days, but if you're a fruitful branch, the Father surely will come and prune you again so that you will be even more fruitful. So expect pruning. It's not always feeling like a wonderful thing, but know that it's always out of the love of God that he does it. So Jesus' perfect love laid down his own life. So if he's our example, what should we be doing? 
Yeah, I said this was going to get a little bit hard. This is a call to radical discipleship and to radical hospitality. This isn't about us being comfortable. This isn't about us um, just carrying on through life and, you know, everything's always delightful. Um, life sometimes has challenges, and we're going to see one that Jesus talks about in just a moment here. Um, so this call to radical discipleship and hospitality in the community that we're in, if we think about the church community, think of this as the training ground, as the garden. This is where we get to practice on one another. This is where we come from a place of grace and mercy that has a certain kindness when we make mistakes. Um, sometimes the world is not so willing to deal with mistakes and error and offenses. And so when we think about community, um, that's really the, the call here, is that we are supposed to be loving one another as Jesus has loved us. Um, and what's the whole purpose of this? We go even further back into the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. All right, awesome. So we won't go into the Westminster Catechism, but the goal is glorifying God. And the goal is not just that we glorify God, but that others glorify God. Okay, so... Everybody understands what being in community means. Great, now we're done. No, we're not. <clears throat> so there's a whole bunch packaged up in that. And so now we're actually going to finish the rest of Luke 10 where we started. Well, actually, where Ross started us last week. So can I, I guess I could blame him, but it's not a blame. It's just a matter that when we talked about um, community <clears throat> and loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, this is the passage that we uh, referred to. But right after that, well, let's put some context. The lawyer was asking Jesus this question, and then um, he was very excited because Jesus responds in verse 28, and he said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, hmm, here's the question, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, who was on a journey, came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And came to him, and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day he took out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. Okay. So what can we learn from the Good Samaritan? I think one thing we learned from the Good Samaritan is that he was doing the will of the Father. He was following Jesus. 
whether he, um, in the story, we don't know the rest of the story behind the Good Samaritan as a gentleman. Um, what do we know about Samaritans in the time of Jesus? They were like the ones everybody rejoiced and loved and adored and absolutely not. They were the outcasts. Um, I, I have read that people would literally sometimes to not have to deal with a Samaritan, they would travel around where the Samaritans lived. Even if the most direct path was through that land, they would go around. I mean, yeah. So here you have someone who is already an outcast, already in the painted picture is one who should have every reason to justifiably say, no one's ever gonna help me, why should I help anyone? But look what he does. So, three key points. Notice in verse 33, he felt compassion. Praise the Lord that if we allow God to work in and through us, we are allowed to have compassion. And again, remember that compassion comes from the Father because there is nothing good in my flesh or in yours. And we might as well take the mask off and just recognize we are who we are by the grace of God. So he felt compassion. That's really important. Okay, lots of people can feel compassion. All right, he took action. In verse 34, it says he cared for him. This is a really important point because he was on a journey. He had a place to go. He had somewhere to be. But at that moment, nothing else mattered. His time and his schedule and his plan ceased because he had someone before him who was desperate. He had no other hope. He was half dead. And then we see in verse 35 that not only did he then do that, but he actually took responsibility. And he says to the innkeeper, I'm giving you this. Keep watching after him. I'll come back, and whatever more hasn't been done, I'll repay you. So he expressed value by expending value. What does expend mean? It actually is a pretty strong word. To spend, to consume, to empty. Um, one of the parallel words is, is almost meaning as if it was done recklessly. I was thinking of the song that we sometimes sing of the reckless love of God. And is this not what God does with us? This parable of the Good Samaritan is not just about, oh, we have this lovely gentleman who's amazing and does all these things. No, Jesus is painting a picture of what we are going to be like if we will actually follow him and do as he commands. And so it's really important for us to realize our ability to give everything is because we have already had everything given to us. Um, so again, Jesus being our example <clears throat> of how we love our community but also the entire world around us. It's not that I can immediately myself touch and love every individual person in the world, but I can also become uncomfortable such that I am attentive to hear what God is ready to do and to be where he is. 
And so that's a really important part of our concept of community is always coming into the community, wherever that is, um, being ready to serve, being ready to honor and value others, um, just as Jesus would do. Um, so those are kind of the main points. <clears throat> um, so now we get to the, the real nitty-gritty of it, which is, um, I don't know about you all, but I'm an introvert. <clears throat> I'm really happy to stay at home and be comfortable with it, just a few things. And so if I'm going to be totally honest, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to love my community. Uh, it's a struggle. It's a, it's a place, as Pastor Mario said earlier, about the sweet spot or the... You know. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay, you want me to speak about community? <laughs> Yay! Um, <clears throat> okay, thank you, Jesus. Um, so no, I'm fearful, I'm prideful, I'm selfish, and I don't have the kind of compassion that the Good Samaritan showed. And the Good Samaritan's compassion is something that was a gift from, from God himself. And so I confess those things, but it's also just to say, don't think or assume that because um, someone such as myself having a specific role or place that is a bit more um, visual in the structure of the church doesn't also have brokenness and have challenges for how do I live out this calling to the community, which is not just you all, though you all are beautiful, but it is everyone outside of this community also, as God gives us opportunity. <clears throat> um, yeah. So I, I wrote a prayer I'm not usually one to write prayers. I often just speak them from the heart. But I was, I was led because um, yeah, I, I, I thought about doing a responsive thing, and I said, no, just pray the prayer and allow people to respond in their own hearts as they are led by the Spirit to do so. Um, but it's a prayer of confession because I want to be the, the Good Samaritan. I want to be able to be attentive and follow what Jesus is doing, to be his servant, be his hands and feet, um, to be able to provide what God is wanting me to be a part of, not me trying to run around like a, you know, um, chicken being tarred and feathered, whatever. I mean, just, just to be the person that God desires uh, for the time and place where he's put me. <clears throat> and so this will actually be our closing. And again, you don't need to pray out loud, but just know that this is my cry as far as community. God, I want to repent. I know I desperately need your love for my community, both here and outside these walls. Move my heart to have your compassion Brokenness, like when you wept over Jerusalem, for you longed to gather its children as a hen 
gathers her brood under her wings. God, I need wisdom. I receive your gifts, your abiding love, and your revelation to serve and follow you more than I pursue my own life. No one is better than you, Jesus. So set me free to love like you do, no longer a slave to my own comfort, but as a friend of Jesus, taking action for the glory of the Father. I can only do this by faith and dependent upon your grace and mercy. Amen. Thank you, Christopher. Let's just pause for a moment, and I appreciate you clapping. That that's a uh, form of encouragement. Uh, let me encourage you to take it. A next step is begin to live it out. Um, yeah, I remember I, every so often I'd have a pastor's receiving line. I, I remember the, when I was a youth pastor, we would do that, and and people would say that was an awesome message. You did great, pastor. But what a pastor really would like to, he's like, I was challenged and I'm going to go put this into practice. And so um, let's put this into practice. And I appreciate Christopher for being honest and vulnerable. It's one of our unwritten core values at Mosaic Church. So I really appreciate that because we value people being real and honest and um, open. So thank you. Who's our neighbor? Uh, loving our enemies. Uh, this, I mean, you can't think of a better word for today because um, I think it's a way for the church to really shine and uh, not for shining sake, but for his sake so his kingdom would be expanded. So thank you so much. We needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. And I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. One thing I'd like to just pinpoint is uh, the Good Samaritan had a, you know, I'm sure, like, like Christopher mentioned, all of us are incredibly busy. He had things to do. Yet he stopped uh, his, what he was needing to do to do what he should do. And um, I think that's a tool of the enemy is that all of us, including myself, are so busy. We're so busy. You know, uh, if we were to call a prayer meeting, uh, people are just busy. You know, I, I'd call the prayer meeting and I'd find out my schedule's too busy to have the prayer meeting. And so it just, it's, I equate it to being severely overweight and not able to, you're not able to walk um, you know, around the block, that's not good. If you can't walk around the block, that is not good. If we don't have time to love a neighbor, to show compassion because we're so busy, that's not good. And I think the enemy is trying to convince us to be really busy so we don't do those things that will bring Christ the greatest glory and expand his kingdom. So thank you for the challenging word. Let's pray and ask God to help us, and I'm in that included. So Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for Christopher allowing him to be born and raised, and Lord, that you saw fit to bring him and Dr. Heidi here to Tallahassee. Lord, I believe it's all 
uh, all planned by you, Father. And Lord, even for this day, to hear uh, the message this morning, to challenge us to live fully the life that you've called us to. Lord, help us to love our neighbor. Help us to build community. Help us to make room for one more at our dining table. Lord, help us to open our eyes to see that. And Lord, adjust our, our understanding of what's important in our schedule. So thank you, Lord. Be with us this week. I pray, God, that not only are you gonna challenge Christopher this week, but you're gonna challenge us to live out today's sermon for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. May the Lord be with you. He is risen. Hey, before I say we're dismissed, just so you know, uh, back in the day, the persecuted church, uh, sometimes you don't know who was a believer or not, and so they would use code words like, he is risen. And if the person wasn't a believer, it's like, who's risen? Then you know that he's not a believer. So it's code words uh, to, to know who is a believer in the community. So when we say, he is risen, and you say, he is risen indeed, we're just confirming that we love Jesus and, and, and the fact that he's risen indeed. So we are dismissed. Thank you so much. God bless. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.